Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Shell, where there's always variety in life. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Coffee Talk with Shell. I'm really excited about this special show tonight because the first hour we have an interview lined up that I've been looking forward to and can't wait to share more about a book and a movie. The movie is based on the book called Boy Band and can't wait to share more with all of you. We've got a couple of special guests tonight. So we have, uh, well, a couple of things I want to cover before we get them on air here. So they're, they're hanging tight waiting on me uh, to get them on air, but want to introduce them, of course, but also share a synopsis of the story itself. It's really cool. All right. So here we go. So a couple of things. First of all, again, it's called Boy Band. And I learned about this at a North Texas comic book show. I was there for my husband. It was a Valentine's Day gift to him. Went with him, got his tickets, all that. And then ended up finding something that I love, (laughs) this book called Boy Band. And it is basically the premise is, uh, I'm going to kind of go into book and slash movie synopsis here, kind of combine it. So Sam Morneau, who was played by Pierce Chadwick, is Melissa Parker's played by Jalitza Delgado, who's one of our two special guests tonight, who is the movie director and starring actress, leading role in the movie. And she plays she plays Melissa Parker's best friend. Uh, so Sam Murnau, the other main character, he's also a member of the Kind of September, which is basically the hottest boy band on the planet, y'all. Imagine, uh, like, right now, BTS, that that kind of boy band, like just worldwide sensation. <laughs> so it says here, after two and a half years, Mel is all too familiar with the day-to-day occurrences that come with being a member of the band's inner circle, including hectic schedules, passionate fans, gossip-mongering celebrity girlfriends. And now, with the release of this group's third album just weeks away, their lives have never been crazier, and Mel is doing everything she can to keep up Here's the twist. All the while, while she herself is trying to cope with these ridiculous rumors that follow the band everywhere they go and pretending that she's not harboring a secret and hopeless crush on Sam. Oh, yeah, that's where it gets really good. All right. So I mentioned Jalisa Delgado is one of our special guests. We also have Jacqueline Smith tonight, the book author herself. Cool as that. So let me give you a little background on each of them, then we'll get started. All right, so first and foremost, well, both both of them are first and foremost. That didn't sound right. <laughs> They're just as equally as important. All right, so boy band book author Jacqueline Smith, she was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. She attended the University of Texas at Dallas, where she earned bachelor's degree in art and performance in 2010. Two years later, she earned her master's degree in humanities. She's an award-winning author of Cemetery Tour series, the Boy Band series, of course, the one I've been reading, and Trashy Romance Novel. She's a longtime lover of words, stories, and characters. And I can't wait to ask her later in this interview about how she transitioned from Cemetery Tour series to Boy Band series. Quite a difference there. How cool is that? And second, just as equally as important, we have the boy band movie director and leading role actress herself, Jalisa Chantel Delgado. 
Now, she was born April 14, 1996 in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and she grew up in a military lifestyle where a majority of her youth was being raised overseas in Belgium and Germany. Wow. From there, her family returned here to the U.S., where she graduated high school in San Antonio, represents where my husband grew up, <laughs> Roosevelt High School, by the way, and she attended college at the Art Institute of San Antonio. Nice. She received her Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Digital Film and Video Production. Oh, and she's currently signed with Linda McAllister Talent and working on her first independent feature film. Very cool. And I know a lot about Linda McAllister Talent, by the way, because I have a couple of actor friends that are also signed through them. That's a great agency, got to say. So let's get them on air, and we're going to get started. We've got lots of questions to ask them. I'm so excited to have them on air. All right, Jalitza and Jackie, can you hear me all right? We can. Hi. Hi, y'all. How are you doing? <laughs> so good to hear both your voices. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. Uh, we just finished a convention today. We did. Fandom Legacy in Richardson, Texas. Wow, y'all keep busy. Well, I appreciate y'all taking time tonight <laughs> to be on this interview. Wow. How did it go? It went really well. It was a great con, lots of good, positive energy and great people. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. I actually uh, entered my first cosplay contest, and I oh, won fun. a runner-up in the performance division, so it was a lot of fun. Oh, con- well, that's that's wonderful. Congrats. I'm going to get advice from you later, Jalitza, because I have never done cosplay, and I have to actually decide just today. I have a friend that, that watched Wreck-It Ralph, one of my favorite all-time movies, and he's decided he's done, like, all these other cosplay characters, and he's decided that he wants to do Wreck-It Ralph, and I said, I've always wanted to be Vanellope. I have to go for it. It's too perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll be more I can't happy. wait. Oh, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Cause I need a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, yes, but I, I, lo- I can always help. I love helping. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. Yeah, y'all were both so so kind. I mean, I, I just y'all were just so warm and welcome when I met y'all. And as as you each know, I mean, when I saw the title boy band, it it attracted my attention immediately. I was like. How could someone not have thought of this sooner? How clever is this? I mean, wow, that is very, very smart. Just like the marketing itself with just the concept of boy band and a book and then the love story. I was like, wow, I love this. I wish when I was younger they'd had, you know, a book like this when I was in high school. Because I know know it's more of a young adult book, but honestly, I've got to say, even at me at age 45, I have to say I love the book. I can't wait to see the movie. And I think even now I love BTS. Like I grew up loving New Kids on the Block, but I think it's still relevant whatever age you are. I don't care. I'm not. I don't think I'm too old for BTS. I'm still want to be part of that army. <laughs> what do y'all think? Yeah, I'm an army too. <laughs> and oh, awesome! And I'm obsessed with One Direction. Yeah. And oh, nice. I went to San Diego a few years ago to see them while they were still together, and I am holding out every hope that they're going to get back together. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, what, it could happen. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, and what I love about Boy Band is um, you're, it, it's, it's a, you're right. It, it, it was made for all, it's made for all ages. Um, and I wish it was thought of sooner as well. Like Jackie literally came up with a concept that is basically a fan fiction, but now a book. And 
uh, hopefully soon to be adapted, adapted into a movie. And I'm, I'm shocked that no one has created it into a movie yet. So I'm, I'm truly grateful for Jacqueline for writing this book and giving me the opportunity to adapt it. Definitely. And and I wanted to ask each of you a little bit more about your backgrounds, first of all. So, Jackie, can you tell me a bit about how you fell in love with writing? So, I've been writing for fun my entire life. Even when I was in preschool, I would go home and I would color little Disney books and illustrate them and staple them together. And I still have them. <laughs> I'm almost away. Then as I got older... I evolved into writing Harry Potter fan fiction. I, I, wow. I, I've been writing fiction basically my whole life. It was when I was a junior in college that I was sick one spring break, or one day during spring break, and I was reading a stack of romance novels, and I just kind of found myself thinking, hey, I could do this. And I really just never looked back. I started writing my first manuscript, which was, it was kind of about a band, but it wasn't, it it didn't really work, um, but I finished it when I was in grad school, and then um, I started running cemetery tours in 2010 after suffering a personal loss, and mm. I started writing it just to kind of help make myself feel better. And I mean, I was raised on, like, my mom loved Halloween and ghost stories and all the spooky stuff, and so, of course, she <laughs> raised my sister and me to have that same love of, like, the paranormal, of Halloween, of things that go bump in the night. And so I've always loved ghost stories. And I, again, like I said, I started writing it to make myself feel better. And then as I kept writing and revising, I thought, hey, I really like this. Maybe I should, you know, look into publishing it. And in 2013, I did. Oh, good for you. That's amazing. Wow. And, yeah, that's really cool. And, Jalitza, how did you come to find your passion of, of each acting as well as directing? Yeah, um, so I've always been in tune with the arts, like, even as a little kid in sixth grade, I entered, like, my, actually, no, that's a lie, second grade, I entered my first talent show, and I just, I was always obsessed with, I don't want to say obsessed with the limelight, but I always craved attention as a child, so I always entered talent shows, Um, I've always been into art, dancing, Um, originally, I wanted to go to school for dance, for ballroom, I wanted to go to Juilliard, um, but then my my passion changed, and I wanted to go to school for acting. And I was like, well, with an acting degree, that's hard to do something with. Like, you can only like be a theater teacher. Um, but uh, then I was like, well, I want to learn something new, but I would still want to be something apart of the arts. So in middle school, I was really into making fan edited videos of the Jonas Brothers and Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato and Selena. <laughs> why don't I learn more about this? Why don't I go to school for this? So then wow. in high school, I decided to take AV classes, and I really just fell in love with the craft of filmmaking and behind-the-scene work. And I was like, well, I have talent to be in front of the screens. Let me work on talent to be behind the scenes. So then I applied to many different art schools, and I got accepted into the Art Institute San Antonio. And I, again, I didn't look back either. I... I just went full force. I graduated high school in July of, oh no, June of 2014, and I immediately went into college July 2014. Um, I only had a three-week break, and I graduated in three years. Um, I pushed through my degree, and I got my bachelor's faster um, than most. 
And I I loved it. I loved filmmaking. Um, but what really drew me was just script writing and directing because, again, I was obsessed with Jonas Brothers and Miley Cyrus <laughs> and stuff. So I always wrote fan fictions. Um, so it just, those two cool. aspects just really clashed with who I was and who I am. And, um, yeah, that, that pretty much sums up me. Um, we're both, Jack and I are both a very big fan girl. We are such big fan girls. Uh, yeah. I love that. That is awesome. Wow. Yeah, Jonas Brothers rocks. I'm happy to see them back together, by the way. <laughs> very cool. I met them last year. So I was, uh, oh. How many times have you seen them? In total, I've seen the Jonas Brothers, if you don't count them, like, okay, I've seen the Jonas Brothers, <laughs> them, like, together as a band themselves, three or four times, I can't remember, but, like, individually as, like, Nick Jonas is an artist and Joe Jonas as an artist, oh, gosh, if you add that all up, like, maybe eight, nine times. <laughs> oh, yeah, Nick's my favorite solo artist, artist, excuse me, by the way, out of all of them, <laughs> and actor, oh, yeah. Midway, that movie oh, Midway yeah. I saw with him, I love him in that movie. <laughs> Wow. That was such a good, I like that one, yeah. Nick has some talent. I do enjoy Nick. Yeah, no, you have good taste, definitely. <laughs> They're all very talented, indeed. <laughs> now, going back to Jackie, I have I have a question I mentioned earlier that I was going to ask okay. you. I'm ready to ask now. So, I'm so intrigued by how you changed categories here from, you know, your one book series to the next. I mean, they're so different. How how did you come about that? How did that happen? I actually get that question a lot. How did you go from writing <laughs> ghost stories to boy band? And the simple question is, uh, boy band was actually a National Novel Writing Month project that was never mm. really meant to go anywhere. And it did. Um, wow. So I had never participated in National Novel Writing Month before, or NaNoWriMo. And for those who don't know, it's uh, a writing kind of competition in the month of November. There's a website. You can register and you track your progress. And I'd never done it before. I had a friend of mine who was going to do it. She said, you should do it too. And I thought, you know what? I'm up for a challenge. Let's do it. And I knew after writing two stories about, you know, ghosts and Mm -hmm. death, I kind of wanted something a little lighter. And <laughs> I love, love rom coms as much as I love ghost stories. I'm a woman of many uh, interests. <laughs> and um, one of my cool. favorite authors is actually, actually, no, my favorite author is Meg Cabot. And she mm. has, she writes a wide variety of genres. She's known for the Princess Diaries, but she writes ghost stories. She writes vampires. She writes um, adult romance fiction. She has a missing person series. She's just all over the spectrum. And, um, wow. you know, I would love, I would love, and she loves cats and I do too. And so I would just, I would love to be Meg Cabot when I grow up. <laughs> but so nice. the night I set up for NaNoWriMo, my sister uh, comes to me and she's like, you know, we should watch some Run Direction music videos. And so I said, <laughs> okay. And I thought, they are just so cute. I love them. They mm-hmm. look like they'd be so much fun to hang out with. And that's when I kind of thought, okay, I wonder what would happen if I wrote the story that I would have wanted to read when I was in high school about me being friends with a boy band. And it cool. just, I wrote it in two months. 
you know, the challenge for National Novel Writing Month is to write 50,000 words in one month, but, you know, some books take longer. You, you wrote you wrote the book in two months, so that's still amazing. Did you say two months? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's two amazing. Months. You each put me to shame. I have, to, if I may just side side comment here, I have to mention because I'm impressed by each of you. I've I've told you since I met both of you at the comic book show, I have started following each of you and seeing your talents and and your your history, your credit history, and I'm so impressed and I'm so jealous. Like I'm age 45, and I feel like I'm just <laughs> getting started. I mean, I didn't figure out until about. I don't know, 2008, 2009, that I, that my passion is stand-up comedy, and I'm still trying to conquer stage fright, and then, and then I see y'all <laughs> figuring out at such young oh. ages what you're passionate about, what you want to do, and going for it, and y'all, y'all have so much already on your resumes. So so impressive. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You know, it is never too late to discover a new passion or to follow your dreams and or find who you are. Or find who you are. Yeah, and for some reason, that seems to be like. A thing today where people think once you hit a certain age, oh, it's over, and that is absolutely not true at all. The I appreciate that. Yeah. Never, the possibilities never end. As long as you're alive, you can do whatever you want. Amen to that. Definitely. Yeah. And 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 I, I will share more about this. You know, email you after the show if you're interested. But the other thing that that I personally have always wanted to do that I actually started back then too was my own life story book. I actually intertwine how my aspects of my podcast have helped my life. And I just recently picked it back up and decided I'm going to finish it by July 25th, my 46th birthday. That's it. No more. That's my deadline. I'm finishing it. And y'all are actually part of the reason I got inspired to pick it back up after I met y'all. I was like, you know, I really should follow through with that. So thank y'all. If you want to talk about writing or publishing, just send me an email. You know where to find me. (laughs) Yeah. And Jaleesa is going to help me be Vanellope. We've got this set. (laughs) So excited. (laughs) Thank you both. <laughs> I have to tell you that she has a cosplay of Princess Anna in Ralph Rex the Internet, and it's no. really cute. <laughs> yeah, that's she amazing. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down to help you with an I love it. Very cool. <laughs> and back to Jalisa, how did this movie version idea of the book come about for boy band? Yeah, so I met Jacqueline at Comic Palooza in 2018, so only two years ago. And I was doing a, slay, a Slayer Hut Leia. So I was wearing that full outfit, um, and I was just walking down, and then her sister stopped me, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I love your Leia. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're adorable. So then me and her sister just kept talking, and I'm like, oh, what are you doing here? She's like, well, my sister's selling books. And then she was just like, yeah, she has this book about a boy band series, because then we even started talking about Jonas Brothers. And then I was like, oh, that's so cool. And so then I met Jackie that way. And um, cool. at first I was like, no, I'm just going to buy the books on the Kindle. It's fine. But then Jackie roped me into buying all four books there. I gave you a really good deal. You did give me a really good deal. <laughs> and I was like, She's a what? good saleswoman, too, like, though. <laughs> yeah, and so J- Jackie honestly gave me a steal. So I bought all four books. And literally, um, after I met that, I didn't. I wasn't expecting to meet Jackie again. I, I think we both, yeah. Because she, she's so wow. She kind of zoomed off, and I was gonna give her some extra swag when <laughs> she bought the whole series. And I went off looking for her. I even ran after her. And she was just gone. And I was like, well, I'm never seeing that girl again. Yeah. So um, as soon wow. as I read 
because as you know, the first book ends in October. So as soon as I finished the first book, I immediately started the second, third, and fourth. And then I think I finished the series in about three days. And then I contacted, I literally sent Jacqueline a picture of me throwing the book across my bed. <laughs> I was like, what does this book made me do? Like, I got so angry. Oh. And I was just like, oh. so I was coming back up to Dallas for an audition one day, and I met with Jacqueline, and I was like, have you ever thought about adapting this book into a movie? And she's like, if someone gave me, like, permission or gave me the chance to, I would love to. I was like, well, how would you feel if I did it? And that's where it Whoa. That's amazing. Yeah, and so then I adapted the script. I sent approval to Jackie. Um, Jackie has been with me throughout this whole process. So yep. from, from writing the script to casting the boys to even on set when we did a few, because um, we had to shoot a scene for the grant, for a grant we applied for, um, I always had Jacqueline's approval no matter what. She did. Nice. Very nice. I love that story. That's amazing. And you know what? I have to admit, I feel like spinning sending Jackie one of those pictures of myself throwing the book across the floor and I've only read the first book but at the very end that's in the prequel of the next I feel like that right now the first chapter of backstage yeah in the book in the back of the book I did who only had the original copy and I'm like but you had all Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm glad because you do a cliffhanger that you at least give us a sneak peek of, but, you know, I'm not going to say why, but you know why, Jackie, you know why, <laughs> you know why I'm frustrated. <laughs> oh, certain characters, a couple of them especially. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say for now. <laughs> oh, I had another question for Jalisa, you know, what, what was it like? You mentioned a little bit about, you know, cast and all, and Jackie was part of it too. Well, most, maybe you both can answer this, but what was that process like, you know, selecting the cast? How long did it take? Was it difficult to find the right actors and all, or what was it like? Okay, um, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hear laughter. Uh-oh. Does that, does that mean it was a difficult process? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it was actually easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, nice. So, again, I'm with the McAllister Talent, so I um, have access to, like, this website where I can post my own breakdown services for um, something. And I immediately was like, okay, Jackie, we need character descriptions. Like, let's get this out rolling. So, immediately, I knew uh, out of the five boys, I already knew one of them who I wanted to cast, which was Josh Ka- uh, Kelly? Uh, Cahill. Cahill. Um, I, his name um, in real life is Jose Valdez. And I immediately knew I wanted to cast him because he's just quirky, funny, and just an overall goofball that I want to punch. But <laughs> loving, 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 lovingly. Now I understand the laughter. <laughs> One day yeah. on set. Yeah, it was wild. He okay. actually had me cut him off. Oh, just because he's just like that. But, um, so, yeah, wow. Uh, so immediately when I posted the breakdown, a whole bunch of agencies started sending me different uh, boys and stuff. Um and I I didn't base it off of singing priority. I, of course, I did want singing experience, but it was more of who matched the character the most. Um, something that really makes me love Jackie is that, like, in the book she does have descriptions of the boys. However, Jackie very much was like, if they fit that person and that character and their personality, she's like, it doesn't matter how they look. And that's what I loved about Jackie. So um, 
she she gave me the freedom to explore these options with different colors and ethnicities and um, accents. So Jackie and I definitely just sat down, and then I narrowed it down because yeah, I had. Did I tell you about how much submissions I had? You had a lot. In total, really? for this movie, for all, for, yeah, for all five boys, in total, I had about 250 submissions. Oh, my and goodness. That's wonderful. <laughs> and then she would, send, she would narrow it down to maybe two or three, and then she'd send me, and she'd be, she'd be like, who do you like the best? And we we pretty much agreed on the two we had, I think, the most trouble casting were Sam and P- and Oh, God, I'm Pierce. No, no. <laughs> who's played by Lincoln Chapman. Yeah, those were the two most difficult ones to cast because when it came down to Jesse, first of all, um, Jesse is a very prim- a prominent character later on in the book, but um, he, it, I had to choose the right boy for him because he had to be sexy but funny and just had so much personality that you'll get to see later on, hopefully, um, if the other books do get made. And could also... And they're going to. But can, also, <laughs> but can also pass for kind of like a bad boy. And yeah, so. The bad boy aesthetic was so hard to find because all these boys kept sending me good boys. And I was like, no, I need a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about who played Jesse is he is the sweetest boy you oh, will yeah. ever meet. <laughs> like, Lincoln is literally. I'm, if, if the boys are listening to this right now, uh, out of all five of them, Lincoln is the sweetest, kindest. Jesse and I talk about him all the time. And it's because Aww. on my birthday, he was the only one to send me a happy birthday tag. <laughs> and if Pierce is listening to this, he has heard <laughs> this lecture before. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but honestly, like, uh, so when it came to casting Jesse, uh, it was down to two boys. But immediately as I, I think it was the singing audition that got us. Oh, yeah, yeah. As soon as we heard um, Lincoln, we were like, this is it, we're sold. Um, and then that leads into Pierce because I literally was having the hardest time casting him because all the boys who sent me auditions, for for all the five boys in total, I had 250. But for Sam himself, since he was the lead, 100 of them were for Sam. And wow. none, of them, none of them gave me the personality or gave me something that was didn't give me the Sam feel or vibe. And then uh, Tony Minor, who plays Oliver, Oliver Berkeley, um, our British boy, ha- our British boy, uh, has a had a friend, and he was just like, "Hey, I have a friend who might be interested in doing this. Um, his name's Pierce. Uh, do you mind if I send him all your info?" Okay, sure, go for it. As soon as we got Pierce's audition, I was like, "Jackie, this is it." Um, and then immediately, and she's like, "Well, let's like hear him sing and stuff." Oh my gosh, oh. he is. Pierce, don't listen to this because we don't need to inflate your ego anymore. But he is such a good singer. And the thing is, nice. when, he, when he was reading his lines, he blushed. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's adorable. He's Yeah, that's him. Yeah. And then even, like, because he did the uh, yeah, mm-hmm. when we did the casting for the boys, uh, I asked him to do read some lines and then sing, like, a 16-bar cut or, like, a 30-second cut. And they, when Pierce sent over his he didn't cut it so I thought this first like 30 seconds of Pierce being awkward and quirky and I'm like this is perfect like this is him uh, so yeah so definitely it, he was just so real and authentic mm-hmm. and that's what Sam needs to be real and authentic and again he's got a great voice oh my gosh when I heard him sing love yourself I'm like I'm sold Goodbye. oh oh my gosh <laughs> 
I can just tell from reading the book and hearing y'all describe him in the audition that he he does sound like the character I envisioned in my head when I read the book. That is just, especially when you mentioned he blushed. I was like, that sounds just like the character Sam, the mm-hmm. main character. I love mm-hmm. that. Oh well, yeah. well done, well done. And and Jackie, speaking of music and all, you know, since there is a lot of aspect of music which I love in this book, I had a couple questions for you. The first one is, Absolutely. is there <laughs> is there any meaning behind the boy band name? You know, the band that you named in the book, The Kind of September. So when I was looking for a name, my sister had a Tumblr, a Tumblr account, and the title of her Tumblr blog was The Kind of September. And I said, where did you get that from? And she goes, it's a song from the Fantastics. It's called Try to Remember. And Jerry Orbach, I think, sings it in the original cast recording. And I love Jerry Orbach. And um, I listened to the song, and I thought, I wonder if I could, if I could just use that as my band name. Because band names come from all over, you know. All, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think of, like, my favorite bands right now. Goo Goo Dolls, Matchbox 20, Switchfoot. That tells you how old I am. <laughs> oh, I'm, you sound like my age. I love those yeah, bands. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the best time to be alive was the 90s. And, Definitely. Uh, Pierce, Pierce actually was not born in the 90s. He was born in the early 2000s, so we kind of give him a heart. Pierce is such a He's guy. a youngster. He's the about everything. And he just takes it like a champ. But, um, but, yeah, so that's where I got it from, the musical The Fantastics. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. I, that's why I didn't expect that to be the answer where it came from. That's kind of cool. And and yeah, are you yeah. also by chance a, a songwriter, Jackie? Have you ever written a song? Since there are, you know, there's song lyrics in the book. <laughs> I'm absolutely not a songwriter. When I was coming up with the songs, I was thinking, okay, cheesy songs that a boy band would sing. Let's do it. And see, my sister actually helped with a couple of them. But the ones that are good in the song. Just, or in the book, just assume that my sister KJ wrote them. Because she actually is a singer. She has a master's degree in vocal performance. She's um, uh, about to start, or she's about to be in her very first opera um, in a couple months, Deflate Her Mouth. And she's actually uh, been giving Jaleesa some vocal, uh, some voice lessons. Oh, that's neat. cool how it intertwines. So, yeah, your sister's got a yeah. lot of talent, too. That, it runs in the family there. <laughs> Very awesome. cool. Speaking of songwriting, um, the boys, boys write the it. songs for a boy band. Um, yeah. That's a little, little sneak peek right there. Um, the boys actually have been writing the songs for boy band itself. Yeah, and can I tell you this? Wow. Uh, here, shortly after we all met for the first time, I found out that my older kitty was in her last stages of kidney failure. And that same day, the boys, they didn't know this. They didn't know this was going on. I didn't tell anyone. But that same day, they messaged Jaleesa and me with a video of them singing one of the songs that they'd adapted to music. And I just sat and cried because it was the one good thing that happened to me that day. Oh, that's that's definitely bittersweet. Wow, power of music. Yeah, that yeah, that is so interesting that they wrote the music themselves. Wow. Yeah, and then I told them, you know, I want this, I want this to be their project as much as ours. And they actually did uh, during our second round of shooting. They sat around and they wrote a whole song, their own lyrics, their own music, and it was amazing. These guys are so good, and we have. 
you know, from our very first get together, we have videos of them like singing What Makes You Beautiful by One Direction. And it was funny because all of the girls on set, we were all just sitting around going, ee, oh, they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what is it about these boys singing these songs that just makes us swoon? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I also have a video of them all singing I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys, which, I mean, they're just adorable and so, so fun to be around them. And they have so Very much cool. talent all together. So much nice. talent. And I'm guessing in the movie there would be like some some footage of you know of the scenes with them performing maybe on stage and such. But is there also by chance a music video, or would that be like a a bonus feature maybe on a DVD? We Just would. A thought. We would love for them to do that. In fact, Lincoln even messaged me the other day going, "Hey, can I direct a music video?" And I said, "Sure, you can. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So within." Um, within the first book, they're on their third book. They're on their, their third, third album. Third yeah. album, uh, Meet Me on the Midway. Mm-hmm. They're about and to start their third world tour. Third world tour. And uh, for Meet Me on the Midway, of course, they're shooting a music video for it on mm-hmm. a pier. And our my dream and concept is to actually shoot the music video so we have it in the movie um, and also use it as a bonus feature. Um, nice. Yeah, that's, that's something that we're definitely going to integrate eventually. Yeah, because I know a lot of times the songs, the cells are just, I mean, huge cause effect when it, when they post a music video and you see the cells just skyrocket. I mean, that's how I fell in love with BTS. Y'all like the fake love music video? It's my favorite. <laughs> uh, I, I love BTS. Uh, my roommate is in love with BTS. So it's very, we, this household is an army household, so. <laughs> very cool. That's why we get along. This must be instant connection because we're all boy band fans. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> and Jalitza, I was going to ask you, you know, since you play both roles, director and lead actress, what what was that like? Like, what would you say would be the most, I guess, challenge and most challenges for each and most rewarding part of each of being the director and the lead actress? Yeah. Um, so when writing the script and reading the book, I I fell in love with Mel because I saw myself in Mel. I saw that I I kind of stand up for what I believe in, and you know it's it's hard being in love with your best friend. And granted, I've never truly went through that experience, but being in love, I have. So I very much just saw myself in Mel and just loved everything about her. And when I talked to Jackie, I was like how would you feel if I played Melissa? And how did that conversation go? Well, I think we were talking on Twitter because that was kind of before, that was before you moved to Dallas and it was before we were really like in real life friends. We were kind of still internet friends. And uh, you said, I want boy band to be a movie. And I wrote back, you could totally play Mel. Yeah. And the most important thing for me as far as making the movie and casting the characters is that they love, my characters, and I don't know anyone who loves, I think Jaleesa loves boy band more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just, I truly fell in love with Mel, and then directing it and getting the opportunity to direct it um, has been just a truly a treat. Um, I love working with all five of the boys. It's literally working with puppies, uh, <laughs> keeping them all within the same room, same vicinity to follow the same directions is hard, but once you get it, it's just magic. Um, so very much, I, I enjoy the part of 
directing it as well. But being a part of both was very important to me because I am of Hispanic descent. I'm Puerto Rican and Panamanian. And in Hollywood, you don't get the opportunity for Latin women to wear both hats. You get the Scorsese, you get the Tarantinos, you get you get the Amy Schillers who are able to direct and star in their own movies, but you don't ever get to see a pro, like a prominent Latin person in that role. So I definitely asked Jackie, I'm like, I can do both if you give me the opportunity to, because I, I know what I want and I know what I envision for boy band. And I know, I, I, I feel like I am though. So I, I truly am proud to wear both hats. Uh, the most challenging oh, you part of it all, Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the most challenging part of it, though, is uh, just fundraising, crowd uh, crowdfunding. We're still in the crowdfunding phase. We're still raising money for this project. So even if the fact that we, we've shot a few scenes, and I do have a crew, which, by the way, um, my DP, my cinematographer, um, Carissa Leach, she is phenomenal. And um, she's worked on so many amazing projects. And what I really wanted for boy band and I asked her to is if she has any strong female, a part of the crew. So right now, as of, as of today, cause I counted, I only have 3% of my crew as male. The rest is female or of non-binary um, gender. So oh. um, I, I definitely love that. And she was very gracious and kind to work with me. Um, on making just one scene happen for a grant that we, we shot for. Um, and it, it was really impactful that I think that's just one of the most beneficial parts that I have received from boy band was to be able to work with females and work on, a pro- and work on, on work, working on a project that we all collaborate and love and um, respect each other and love each other. And then, um, Get, the, just the hard part is just um, crowdfunding, getting that money to make this project officially happen and get it off its, off its legs and into the air. <laughs> yeah. And... Go ahead. I was going to say, we, we have a phenomenal team. I love every single member of this team. And the thing is, I am not a team player. I'll be the first to admit I don't work well with others. So if I truly hadn't wanted – Jaleesa to take on this project, or if I hadn't trusted her to do it, I would have found a way to ghost her a long time ago. And but I do, I trust her with my whole heart. Just because I mean, I know the kind of person she is, and I know she's a fighter, and I know she's determined, and I know she's talented beyond all belief. Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. I, I mean, I think that was called fate. Why you met Jaleesa then, Jackie? Oh. <laughs> Oh, That's amazing. At the time when we met, yeah. which is wild. That is. So, yeah, that I is so really awesome. believe it. Wow, that's so cool. I just love y'all's story. Oh, what I was going to ask, and I'm I'm so sorry. I, I, earlier, I didn't mean to interrupt. I wanted to ask is so that we can get the word out and make this happen. I definitely want this movie to happen. You know, what? Where do Thank people you. go? You're welcome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, definitely go on the boy band Instagram. Uh, it's going to be boy band underscore the movie. There we have a link tree that will give you all the access to um, our GoFundMe, our crowdfunding. Uh, I'm currently working right now on making another video um, because I am now allowed to publicly post the scene that we shot. So 
definitely as soon as I post that scene, uh, which will be on the anniversary of Boy Bam. Uh, so next month, uh, the scene will be released to public so people can see. And there, um, we're definitely going to be driven and pushing like, hey, give us money <laughs> or uh, support us by sharing and um, following our story. Mm-hmm. And oh, I have an idea. I- go ahead. I was going to say, if you go to my website, which is windtrailpublishing.com, I do have a page dedicated to the cast and to the project so you can read a little bit more about our our beautiful boys as well as our lovely ladies <laughs> involved in the film. Very cool. So, There's a couple ways there. Uh, what I wanted to suggest too, I don't know if you've already thought of this, but you mentioned that you know you have to wait a month or so before that release of the next scene in the video. But I've noticed even musicians, even boy bands, do this all the time on YouTube now, where they have you see that like it says like premiere date and it has a countdown. So like even today I could get on YouTube and I know that BTS has a music video coming out in a week or two, and I'm and it's literally counting down for me on that YouTube video until that premiere date. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I um I would love to collaborate um more on YouTube. I've just been I've been trying to push a, not push away from YouTube, but um separate the from indie filmmaking. It's kind of hard to go through the YouTube route just because monetizing and stuff is so difficult. Oh, um, interesting. So gotcha. I, yeah, so I've been kind of not going the YouTube route. Um, I've been very much independently filmmaking this, so, like, Vimeo is definitely a site I love. I'll be going to a lot more film festivals this year, too. Um, hopefully none of them get canceled, but um, I do. Oh, yeah, coronavirus. I, <laughs> we love that. Um, but uh, so <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely will be going to a lot more festivals and networking and talking to a few more people, uh, reaching out to more production companies, um, I was just recently in Oklahoma for um, a movie I was in, and I definitely started talking to a lot more people because they told me different ways to raise money that I never thought I could. So I'm definitely going to start looking at those um, out, out, outlets. Well, good for you. I mean, I know I've hosted this podcast since 2009, and I had so many family, friends, fans over the years, especially this past year, beg me to start a Patreon account, and I didn't have a clue how to do it. I literally maybe a week or two ago just started it. I only have one one Patreon, Patreon they call it, member. Thank you, Ada Jean. But, uh, yeah, there is just tons of ways to, yeah, Kickstarter, Patreon. I mean, there's just tons of ways. And what's so cool is that so many people really want to support you especially when it comes to creative arts and and like a book and a movie like y'all are doing so definitely um, i'm glad that you're open to different ideas for for fundraising to make it happen so that's great absolutely thank you no problem Oh, and I was going to ask a, let's see here, let me see which which route I was going to go next. I apologize. I've lost my train of thought for just a moment, y'all. got so excited oh, here. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I keep thinking about the next scene video. I'm like kind of I'm thinking in my head, I wonder what scene it is from the book. <laughs> okay. But I'm all excited now. Really? from the book oh yes I was yelling I was yelling at the book last night (laughs) oh Tara 
Oh, Tara, Tara, Tara. I don't I don't like Tara. <laughs> we, we don't stand Tara's in this household. But um, yeah. so there's that, the scene after she has that incident, it's between Mel and Sam, and it's a really intimate moment between them two. And you get to see both Pierce and I interact with each other in a very more um, chemistry way that you you feel that it's authentic and you feel that, you know, like, feelings are developing and you kind of notice little little easter eggs that you you will you will see throughout the movie about their feelings about each other but um it's it was a really fun and intimate scene to shoot between pierce and us and something else great about the cast something that's great about this cast and especially pierce and delisa they do have so much chemistry and when you get them offset i mean they act like best friends and I mean, and Pierce is just so easy to get along with. And like I said, we give him the hardest time of all of the boys, and he just takes it, and we just love him. <laughs> and, but, like, all the boys, they, they feel like a family, even though we've only met a handful of times in person. They really feel like a family already, and I love that they have that connection and that chemistry. It's really cool. And I, I want to mention, too, I want to give each of y'all credit with this, too, because I, I can only imagine since Jackie did it in the book, I'm sure, you know, that no, just realizing how talented you both are and Jalitza, I, I have no doubt that you portray this well in the movie, too. But I think it's beautiful that even though you do have the two main characters, that you actually do focus on the other boy band members and their own dating relationships. I mean, like, my heartstrings just go out to Oliver, for example. I won't say why, of course, but you know what I mean? <gasps> I can't wait for you to read the third and the fourth book. Oh, <laughs> you're killing me, him. Jackie. You're killing me. <laughs> I, I'll send them to you if you'd like me to. I would have oh, you know it. You. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy right now. You just made my Christmas yes. and birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to the post office tomorrow, so send me your address as soon as this is over, and I'll get them in the mail to you. I read this book in less than three hours. That's how much I love this book, and then I reread it yesterday. <laughs> I love this book. I can't wait. Thank you. Honestly, I love I love Oliver. I have a huge soft spot for Oliver, and I wanted him to have a happy ending. And yeah, Aww. Oliver gets his happy ending. And um, if you actually follow the Instagram again, boyband underscore the movies, um, <laughs> I I integrated like little fake Instagram posts and little fake TMZ posts um, that like coincide with the movie. And you'll see little Easter eggs that are in the book on the Facebook, on the Instagram. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely intertwine all the world and make sure that, you know, that you see both sides. You see the rumors and you see the truth. Yep. Very cool. We still have 15 minutes to go, and I have at least two or three questions, maybe one or two fun questions at the end here I'd love to ask y'all. But yeah, I think another ask. Awesome. I'm having a blast. I hope y'all are too. (laughs) Feels like a virtual online slumber party. I'm having so much fun. (laughs) But I wanted to ask, and both of you could probably answer this as well, you know, how, you know, because I I could see it being in the book, but also the movie, because you have to use, you know, the props and all. But, you know, with uh, these days, I don't know. I don't know how y'all do it. Y'all are younger than me, and I couldn't imagine growing up with social media. I just could not. And I love that the book intertwines. And the first thing I noticed about the difference for for me versus now is if I had read this book like when I grew up, it would have been maybe 
old news. It would have been maybe like, oh, yeah, for like the whole month. Okay, so, you know, boy band member so-and-so is, you know, Sam the, the stars, he's, you know, main character, he's dating so-and-so for one, two months. The rumors keep going. But in the book, it keeps these rumors because of social media and, and Twitter and such, you know, instant, constant, like, news. It's just crazy how the rumors change so much and so fast. How how do y'all do that? How'd you, how'd you pull that off? It was so good how you did that in the book. And how do y'all pull that off in the movie, too? <laughs> well, thank you so much. So in the book, I just know... See, I didn't grow up with social media either. I didn't join Facebook until I was in college. It wasn't a thing when I was in high school, and I'm very, I'm actually very thankful for that Mm -hmm. because I see, I have younger cousins, and I see some of the stuff they've gone through with social media being such a huge part of their lives. And I feel like you can't write a book that is set today without, because it is such a big part of everyone's lives. Uh, without really integrating that because and it influences us. And sometimes, you know, it, it, it can even influence our moods or how we perceive ourselves because when we get online, we see everyone else's highs. We rarely see someone's lows. And while we experience the lows that we go through every day and we compare it to what everyone else is putting out there, but you really never know what's going on in someone else's lives. You only see what people want you to see now. And right, unless you're me. <laughs> I'm vulnerable. I can't imagine being a celebrity in this day and age and having that constant pressure on you. And so that was yeah. a big part of, like, the characterization of the boys and how they handle that. They each handle it differently. Like, some of them, they, they thrive off of it, whereas, you know, Sam finds it more of a burden. Wow. Yeah, I, w- I was so intrigued by that. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, on a personal note, and Jackie knows I've had, you know, well, Lisa knows too that, you know, I've had a bad fall and I just, I just had a lot happen, like, in, you know, the recent months. And I, I just decided a long time ago that I didn't want to just always be happy on the Internet. And I know, like, Jackie, see my <laughs> Facebook. I'll be honest. I'll be like, I had a bad week. But, uh, you know, yeah. I'll be positive. I'll be like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get better. But I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm not always happy or the, you know, having the best day ever, and I'm going to be real. <laughs> so I appreciate well, like, you mentioning that. Thank you. And I actually, I've been trying to be more honest, too. I actually do struggle with some mental anxieties. I've been treated for it since 2012. I'm actually on Lexapro, and I love it. I'm a huge advocate for mental illness awareness. And I think the thing we right. have to accept most, Danny's, is it's okay to not be okay sometimes. I mean, I feel like every time someone's sad, everyone's like, oh, buck up, or be happy, just smile, don't cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to not be happy. It's okay to feel what you feel, and you shouldn't feel ashamed of it. You should just, you know, you need to learn to accept that it's part of life, and it's part of who you are, and it's okay. Most definitely. And Jalitza, excuse me, Jalitza, I, will, I won't go into to detail, but if you do follow Jalitza, and I encourage you to do, she she touched my heart so deep this past week. I, I read a very personal story of, of your, and I'm so sorry for what you've been through yourself, a traumatic experience. And I was so touched so deep that you were willing to share and, and can only imagine how many people you're helping by by allowing that vulnerability and openness. So thank you too, seriously just beautiful thank you um that means the world to me yeah um i i try to be authentically me and i love me for who i am and i i am shameless with without a doubt whatever experience i have been through in life 
So I definitely, as Jackie put it, it's okay not to be okay. And so I want to be that voice if anyone needs anyone to turn to. Um, So if my experiences and my my trauma could influence somebody to speak up or just help them in some way, I've I've done my job as a human being. Most definitely. So I just I know I had to get a side note there, but I really felt you know. And that was important to share that with each of you. So, so seriously, thank you each. And, and, you know, going back to social media and, and the story itself, I just, that's just so interesting to me. Again, that's such a, you know, I mean, did you feel like that doing the movie part as well, Jalitha, that, you know, the social media and the, you know, how the the rumors change so quickly and and you're filming the scenes and it's just so many twists and turns (laughs) to the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what we did to integrate, or what we are going to do to integrate the rumors and stuff is definitely, um, again, follow the Instagram, boyband underscore the movie. Um, it, <laughs> has, it has all the f- fake posts, but the fake posts are, are the rumors, and they're, they're the real, like, they're going to be a part of the film. So definitely little Easter eggs like that are always going to be posted. Um, We're integrating, like, fake interviews and, like, fake e-news posts. And there's going to be a lot of social media screenshots and stuff involved into it um, just because, you know, again, social media is so prominent and it can either hurt you or it can help you. And, um we're definitely integrating that aspect of, you know, today's society with social media into the film. That's awesome. Okay, are you all ready for a fun question for each of you now? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Okay, who wants to go first? Jackie. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Oh, <laughs> uh, you volunteered, Jackie Jolita. That wasn't right, but it was hilarious. Okay, all right. <laughs> Jackie <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, Jackie, here is your, since this is a, a fun game that you read in the beginning of the book called Would You Rather? So I came up with two fitting questions that you'll you'll see they're fitting for each of you that I came up with. All right, so I found for Would You Rather their game. So, Jackie, now bear with me. Yours is a rather lengthy worded one that I found, but it applies to you. Would you rather write a novel that will be widely considered the most important book in the past 200 years, but you and the book will only be appreciated after your death, or would you rather be the most famous erotica writer of your generation? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you right now, I'm not good at erotica. I actually have a trashy romance novel called Trashy Romance Novels, and I tried to make it dirty. I tried to make it super scandalous. And my editor read it, and she goes, this is PG-13, but you did a good job. And I was actively trying, but I don't want to be widely appreciated only after I'm dead. I want to be able to enjoy it. So I right. the erotica since I tried. <laughs> I love it. Jalisa, you ready for yours? I love it. Jalisa, you ready for your question? Uh, okay. Yours is, now you have to choose. You can't be both at the same time like you normally are. So you have to choose. Would you rather be a famous director or a famous actress? Ah, um, okay. <laughs> 
That's tough, isn't it? I love, I'll go with director because I love working with people. And um, if I'm able to give someone an Oscar because of my helping them create a performance that phenomenal, I've done my job right. You can win an Oscar Good for answer. Best Director. Please. Well, maybe not in the year 2020, but no women were nominated. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> but we're just it, waiting it for Jaleesa to win that. <laughs> yep, let's do it. 2024, I'm ready. There you go. There you go. Awesome. I predict that. Yep. There we go. It's. I'm going to write that down <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, when you're like that waitress, you say one day I'm going to be famous, and they become famous like Kelly Pickler from Sonic or something, and they have that $1 yeah. bill that they sign, they put on the wall. Uh-huh. Yep, that's that's going to be me for you, Jaleesa. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now on a dollar. <laughs> 2024, Jaleesa. <laughs> Best director. You got it. <laughs> okay, so a couple more fun little tidbits and questions here for you. I know Jackie and I spoke briefly about this earlier, so I really would love to, to share this with her before we wrap up, if I may. Um, so I know we've mentioned a lot of our favorite boy pants, but there's one song that sh- that's mentioned in the book, and I really hope it's mentioned in the movie. If not, I totally understand, but I'll be so happy if it is. It's just a quick reference or even played in, in, or whatever. I don't know if I can ask the band for you maybe even to get right to play it in, like in, on an intercom or whatever the movie scene. But anyway, the song called <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. By, excuse me, by Deep Blue October is mentioned in the book. And I was so happy to read that because, as Jackie knows, she didn't know the full story yet, but my cousin is one of the band members. Isn't that I cool? Yeah, look up Kirk Tatum. We wanted to have it in the film, but due to copyright, we decided to X it out. Yep. But now that we know someone who knows them, we can <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, definitely, I can definitely ask directly. He is, yeah, he's one of the band members, and, you know, they've got back together not long ago, you know. They tour together now. <gasps> oh, mm-hmm. God, so, so that would, I mean, that would help them to have, the you know, promote their song and music in the movie, too, I'm sure. I would definitely reach out for y'all, no problem. But now, Jackie, did you want to share the story why you decided to choose that, mention that song in the book? <laughs> so one of my, the, my favorite moments of my entire life, I was, um, I was in Iona, Scotland, which is an, it's a small island off the coast of Scotland, and it is actually heaven on earth. It is known as St. Columba's Sacred Isle, and um, I was traveling with a group, and my sister was in the group, and that evening, the, our whole trip had been so fast-paced, but that evening, we just sat in our hostel, which was near, it was overlooking the ocean. And we had eaten, we made dinner, we'd eaten, we cleaned up, and our group was just sitting around. My sister and I were both reading. I was actually reading a Meg Cabot book um, <laughs> and just watching the sunset when our group leader picked up his acoustic guitar and started strumming. And he started strumming Breakfast at Tiffany's. And Aww. so many of us jumped in to sing that song, and he looks up at us and goes, how do y'all know that song? You're too young. And I said, I'm not too young to know that song. I love that song. I, you know, I grew up with it. I grew up in the nineties. And I mean, and now whenever I hear that song, I go right back to that moment. And it was just this moment of pure peace and tranquility and not thinking about really anything else going on in the world. It was just a pure, beautiful moment of existence. And so that's why I love that song. Oh, your story 
<laughs> Your story's so much better than mine. I thought I had a cool story. Yours <laughs> is just beautiful. <laughs> no, I'll tell you real quick. Mine is that that song. I love all boy band stories and all this, but mine is that in college I went through a really bad breakup. I was devastated. You know, a lot of people listen to that song after a breakup, of course. Great breakup song, by the way. And I loved the song so much that my best friend and I actually rented the the movie, Breakfast at Tiffany's movie, and then I fell in love with that old time movie. I loved it. And then years later, you know, after a few years of college, I become a reunited adoptee. You know, I was adopted as a baby and get reunited with my entire birth family and come to find out that one of the band members is my cousin. And I that's just thought, so cool. that's amazing. I came full circle. And I was like, you have no idea how much your song helped me <laughs> through this terrible breakup. I watched the movie because oh, I love that song so, so much. <laughs> it's way better than mine. I love that. Yeah, it was really cool. He actually just performed. He, he does side gigs too, still. And uh, my cousin, I'm so mad I missed it, but she had she was married on leap day and had a wedding anniversary party. He performed at her her wedding re- you know reception back four years ago, and then he performed again at the anniversary reception leap day. So technically, they were married one year because they were married leap day, but you know, four years, <laughs> one year, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but anyway, oh and so God. I wish I could have gone and seen him again. But yeah, I'll go I'll go watch him perform sometimes. But that's just I love love your story though i'll definitely share that with him that's beautiful and i will definitely ask for y'all i'm glad you you mentioned that i will ask for y'all about the movie for sure so and yeah i mean sometimes it just happens always just fate (laughs) we meet each other but would y'all like to uh, before we wrap up just remind everyone again how to find you you know follow you and 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 help make this movie happen yeah of course um so Again, um, I'm Jalisa Delgado. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as it's Jalisa with the it's included, uh, J-A-L-I-C-Z-A. And uh, you can also follow Boyband, Boyband underscore the movie. Um, there you'll be able to e- even find all our boys. They all have social medias, excluding one. Except for Jacob Dawkins? Dawkins, yeah. He was in a cult movie. Wait, <laughs> yes. wait, wait, no. He was in a movie about, like, with that one guy – I don't remember what it's called, but he was in a movie, like, about a cult. He was making it seem wow. like he's in a cult. He's, um, <laughs> no, uh, he's, he's, just, a, he's an actor. He's not on social media, but yeah, he's great. Um, he was so in yeah, a cult so movie, he's not on social media. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, it's Jalisa, and uh, boyband underscore the movie. Mm. And you can find me, oh my gosh, I'm still so embarrassed. You can find me at um, and that's the easiest way you can find me on Instagram, which is just my name, Jacqueline E. Smith. And it's such a long name. You can see it on all my book covers, J-A-C-Q-E-L-I-N-E-E Smith. And um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, but I have three or different handles. So I'll just leave you with Instagram because it's my favorite. Perfect. That's my favorite, too. It's nice, instant, and great pictures. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. And well, I post a lot of pictures of animals, too. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Yeah, apes are my favorite. I actually have a room full of monkey dolls that I collected growing up, by the way, in my other room right now. <laughs> Guest room. <laughs> I love Curious George and Jack Johnson and oh, all. And so, so good. Yep. Oh, Jane Goodall. Yep. One of my heroes. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you all so much. This has been so much fun, and I, I really can't wait. I have no doubt that this movie will happen, and that I wish each of you great success in all you do, but I have no doubt that Boy Band will definitely be a huge hit. And again, I 
I mean, wow, can you believe someone didn't think of this sooner? How clever are y'all? <laughs> well, so, thank you so much. Great job so to each of you. you. Well, I appreciate y'all too. Thank you so much. And oh, and I will be even, I will be sending you a message with my mailing address in just a moment here, Jackie. I really yes, can't wait yes, to the other books. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. But uh Jalisa, I have to ask before we wrap up one last question. Jalisa, will I be throwing the book across the bed anymore? Yes, uh, yes, you will. <laughs> okay, just need to get a heads up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank y'all again. <laughs> Have Thank a great you so night. Much, Bye, Jaleesa. Bye, Jackie. Thank y'all. Bye. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. They are so sweet. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for y'all. I can't wait for all of you to again check this book out. You know, I think what I may do is have to get another copy just to donate to my library. You know, I volunteer to teach crochet classes at my library and may need to ask Jackie at that idea, too, if she'd be interested in maybe even doing like a book author slash, you know, what do they call those? Like when, you know, when they go on tour, they go to the library, they do a, a little talk and read excerpts from the book and all that good stuff and more. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure my library would be thrilled to have her if she's interested. So I, I should have to ask her that sooner. I'll definitely ask her that later. And I am really excited, and I really hope I can get my cousin to get permission for Deep Blue October to use their song breakfast activities in the movie. That would be amazing. Uh, just crazy how how we all, small world, isn't it? How we all intertwine like that, cross over the ideas and stuff. That's so cool. Oh, so cool. Can y'all tell? I'm still really excited. I'll just get now. I'm really excited that I don't have to wait too much longer to read the next couple of books in the series. So definitely check out Boy Band great book again by Jacqueline E. Smith go to windtrailpublishing.com follow them on Instagram uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Coffee Talk WC I'm also on Instagram and but on Twitter I'm really good about posting links to interviews and so if you're just now tuning in don't worry this has been recorded so you can hear it all later and I will also put their uh, Twitter names and all that good stuff on Twitter so that you can find each Jackie Angelita easily so again, huge thanks to them. Now, as a reminder, this is a two-part, uh, two-hour show tonight. You know, we sometimes combine the two hours, sometimes split them up. So, second hour, I'm just gonna kind of just talk about my week and share with y'all a lot of cool stuff. Um, mostly about last night. So this is becoming definitely a a wonderful segment about books. I encourage people to read. I, I'll admit, I'm the first to admit, I used to hate reading, especially in school. I was like, I don't read when I'm forced to read. And then college, I, I would like to read, but then I wouldn't because I had to spend so much time on just reading required materials for like homework and stuff. But I noticed as I got older, when I wasn't like made to read and I just could do it at my leisure, I started falling in love with reading. And I'm really excited because this next segment that I'll be sharing, you know, about my week and mostly about last night is because it's another book that I read that I love and it's all about um, well it's written by Ross Matthews who is actually who inspired me to even start this podcast there's a really personal meaningful story behind why he means so much to me so I'm gonna play some music so I like to play music in between my talking and all that and and share other talents as well because I love to play music by past guest artists of my show and 
uh, yeah, so I may get on Twitter and ask people if they want to call in that we're at Ross's show, either last night in Dallas or other shows across the, the U.S. He's done, I think he said he's got six cities left out of 30 on tour. And welcome home, Ross. He's been away for six weeks. He just got back home today in L.A. area for Palm Springs to be exact. And posted a cute little video of his three dogs that he's been missing so much, Selena, Audrey, and Paul Earl. <laughs> They're so cute, small dogs. And I'm so happy that he's back home and gets to just, you know, rest and rejuvenate before he gets back out on tour. But everyone I met just had so much fun last night. And it was just, oh, my gosh, the laughter. Just hearing that much laughter after everything's been going on lately. You know, I had a bad fall back in end of January and took me forever for my body to heal recover and I'm finally getting better and I, I think we all you know with this whole, just all this coronavirus and all this awful stuff going on lately it's so nice and that's part of the big reason actually why I'm an aspiring comedian because I think it's so, so beautiful to be able to make people laugh forget about their troubles even if it's for five minutes or an hour and I love how Ross began his show where he said, can we just shut the doors for this next hour to, I think it was a two-hour show altogether. I think it was from like 8 to 10. But anyway, he says something along the lines of, I'm not quoting, just paraphrasing. <laughs> can we just shut the doors for, say, like the next couple of hours and just, just be here in the moment. Just forget all the outside world troubles and all our personal troubles and just enjoy this time together and just laugh, you know. And he's always been so funny to me. And some of them saw him for the first time. That was my second time ever to see him in person. You know, I've talked to him blessed several times over the years, and I'll explain that later. But um, second time to actually see him in person. And oh my goodness, I mean, I usually already laugh a lot when when I listen to Ross because he cracks me up. But he he made people laugh so much, so much, like the, the entire way throughout the night. He did such an amazing job that some of the audience members were laughing so hard and just so much that it made me laugh even more. Like laughter, I, I was thinking about this today. I was thinking, I'm going to get all philosophical, but I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be nice if laughter and love was only things that were infectious and not diseases like coronavirus, you know? It was so wonderful. It just, oh. I went home feeling all warm and fuzzy, just so happy getting to see Ross again. And everyone just, just hearing everybody's laughter just made me smile so big. And uh, so, yeah, so he has his own second book out. His first book I recommend, and it's also an audiobook, is called Man Up. And I got to see that first book tour show as well a few years back. It was really good. And that was the first time I met him in person. And then last night, Currently, he's on uh, Last Night's Home in Dallas because he's currently on tour for his second book, which is a bit different, called Name Drop. So the first book, Man Up, is more his personal story, you know, his, him growing up and his being Rossi intern when he was younger and how he, you know, you know, went to college and got his job and how he earned, paid his dues and how he, um, you know, began interviewing celebrities and doing red carpets, all that stuff and more. It's really, really cool. And then it led into the second book called Name Drop, and it's really good celebrity stories that he said he has a favorite story. Well, I'll share that song. Uh, I haven't even played the music yet, but I'm just so excited. So <laughs> um, there's a lot of good stories in here. Veyron, I have to say of all, is probably the Lady Gaga story because it was so touching. All right, I'll be right back. 
let's find a song for y'all. Now I wish I had a Lady Gaga song to play. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so good. You know what? Let me see here. I want to play a song by Brandon Hilton because he's definitely kind of got that techno style and reminds me of Lady Gaga. And I know he just adores her. And he's, you know, friends with her, actually. met her before she got famous because he was, uh, you know, he's singer, model, YouTube celebrity, all that good stuff and more. And true story, back in the day before she got known before her first big hit poker face when you know myspace was popular she sent him a message asking if she could like use the concept of these model photos he'd done for her poker face video and i love that video by the way so really cool little background story there all right so here we go this is called glamour zombie by brandon hilton you can find him on facebook tell him that shell says hi to beautifully handsome that's what i call him my nickname for him and when i come back I'll share more about Ross Matthews and his name to her book and tour show. All right, be right back. I'm going to drink some coffee now. Baby, 
tastes like cotton candy Don't run away cause I've gotta have you Baby, I'm a slave The fashion made me I feed off glamour I'm a zombie, baby Again, that was, excuse me, that was Glamour Zombie drinking coffee. Sorry about that. I was so thirsty. I don't know, just it's like a rainy, cold, kind of, well, kind of humid, too. It's weird how it can be cold and humid at the same time. But anyway, it was just making me crave coffee. And, of course, you know I love coffee because my podcast name is Coffee Talk with Shell. But anyway, but I was kind of waiting to, to take a sip, and so I was drinking my coffee during the song. But anyway... What's y'all's favorite type of coffee? Mine is absolutely white chocolate mocha. I know I love different types of coffee. Don't get me wrong, but that one's my absolute favorite. And I love holiday coffee, like pumpkin coffee, gingerbread latte. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh man, I could talk about coffee all day, all, all night. I'll just share a little side note. I um, technically I worked at a Starbucks brand coffee I was a barista but it was at my church I know it's true you do hear about the big churches with Starbucks or even funeral homes that have Starbucks it's true some do and I would work by myself and I would have to be there like 4 30 5 in the morning and you know I would do all the the bakery stuff like make the muffins and all that by myself and I would be so tired but I was so blessed to be able to have all the unlimited free coffee. So I never complained because it would wake me up. And so I had so much fun. And I got to learn how to make all the Starbucks drinks. And it was, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. But you know what I want to learn next that I said forever I would do and I still have not done what now I'm thinking I should is we actually have a, I think it's called Texas Coffee School here. And the guy always said I could come anytime I want. And I never followed through on it and I should. They have a whole school here, a whole school to teach you not just how to be a barista, serve coffee, but coffee art. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like when you get a cup of coffee, sometimes they'll like, somehow, I don't know how they do it, like with the cream or whatever, they they create art, like a tree or whatever, like when you open the lid to your coffee and you see this beautiful little picture. Oh, I just love coffee art. Sometimes I'll just look at pictures of coffee art all day long. So cool, so cool. So I really would love to learn how to do that and then like impress my family and friends at a Christmas party one year and, and make and serve coffee art, coffee to them. Wouldn't that be so cool? Maybe I'll maybe that will be a goal I will achieve this this year before Christmas. <laughs> I think that'd be so cool. All right. As I said, I could talk about coffee all day, all night, but let's get back to Ross Matthews. All right. Couple of things. So if you don't know the story, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. <laughs> and if you do know the story, I hope you don't mind hearing it again just for a minute. I'll be brief. I love Ross Matthews. My parents both passed away in 2008. Yeah, I'm just going right there. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound down, but it, it does have a, a positive spin, even though it was a horrific deal that I went through. Don't get me wrong. So, yes. So uh, basically, Ross Matthews, I always always will give him credit for so much in my life and this is why because after my parents died in 2008 six months apart each of them got sepsis uh they were you know had other health issues but it was a surprise when Joan died due to catching sepsis at the hospital that's why when I, I keep following this coronavirus and everything it just oh it just blows my mind it just it just breaks my heart but uh yeah so so sadly um, they've made improvements but it's still not a cure and so 
each of them caught sepsis while in the hospital, the same hospital, six months apart, back in my hometown, Irving, where I grew up. And just a horrible year. I lost six months, actually lost six family members in six months, including my parents. My father passed away first. They said sepsis got a bloodstream and he died the very next morning. My mom died three days after her gotten her bloodstream. She tried to fight it. And in between that, my biological uncle died on my birthday. I lost a great aunt and uncle that were married that I was close to, especially after my own grandparents had passed, and another great aunt that died, and, and just all that, you know. And it was just a very, very sad time in my life. I mean, imagine going through all these losses, and like literally the whole six months, I felt like every single day I was either at a funeral, cemetery, funeral home, or a hospital or a nursing home, depending on each family member and their state before they passed and after they passed. And it was just too much, too much, too much in little time, you know, six months, just accumulation effect. And so a couple of things that always stand out to me was at the end of that six months, the, the, my mother passed away last. And the day after her funeral, I went to the State Fair of Texas. And that may sound crazy, but I had to live life. I just had to feel alive again, you know, and get out of that sadness for it, even for a day. And it was the most amazing day. Uh, no regrets. It was a great escape from reality for me. And it felt, I felt alive, you know, I needed something happy and fun and what better than the state fair of Texas. I mean, really <laughs> fried foods and, and, and rides and shows and just so much fun and just wanted to just, I mean, really live life to the full so that was a great day for me and that's one of the many things I've done that Ross Matthews has inspired me to do and so at the same time I had gone through a grief recovery class to only deal with my father's death and my mother died two weeks after my class ended but I had already signed up to volunteer teach grief recovery classes and I was so hesitant thinking I don't know if I can do this now. I, I signed up and my mom died two weeks later. I don't know if I can still teach these classes. Am I really going to be strong enough? I, I was already dealing with my father's death. Now I've got to deal with my mother's death and I don't know what to do. And, and um, yeah, so I called the chaplain to her room. And we prayed about it and he, he encouraged me to keep going and, and said, you know, sometimes just your presence and your story itself can encourage someone. And I decided then and there that I would stick with it. And I did. And, at the same time, I started something else. <laughs> I started February 2009, this podcast. Before podcasts were a popular thing. I mean, back then, I don't even know if we used the word podcast. I think I called it my internet talk show. And uh, I was always a fan of Ross Matthews. I would, I followed him to the T. I loved his, like, talkie, we call them talkie blogs. He'd do these, post these videos when he was working as an intern for Jay Leno, you know, The Tonight Show. And so Ross the intern. And um, you know, before he even like started really dating a serious partner for 10 years, and sadly they broke up, but they're still good friends. But anyway, Salvador, I'm friends with him too. I adore Salvador too. And um, anyway, so, so positive. And I know I said it was going to be short and sweet, but I guess I'm a little longer than I planned, but I could, I just, as you can tell, Ross Matthews means a lot to me, a lot. He's helped me like more than he knows. And so, Part of what I learned when I took the grief recovery class as a student and also teaching, you know, encourage my students to do this too, is find at least one thing to take control of. Because when death happens, when you lose someone or other life changes too, not 
people come mostly for death, but some people come for other losses, whether it's job loss, health change, maybe cancer or something, uh, or even losing, you know, losing a dog. That's horrific. Uh, losing, you know, family, friends, whatever the life transition may be. Um, we encourage them, we encourage the students to find something in your life to do for yourself. Do something good for yourself. It's actually a homework assignment one week of the class. We give them homework every week. <laughs> and that's their favorite homework assignment is that week when we say you need to do something good for yourself. Do self-care. And I was so inspired by Ross Matthews. I'd been following him all this time and, and noticed this cool thing that I didn't really understand and tried to figure out what it was because we didn't really have a name like podcast at the time. But thought, this is kind of neat. He's on the Internet talking, and I, I just – felt connected and loved it and I already watched all those other stuff but this particular medium just really drew my attention and you know I always thought it'd be fun to be a radio DJ calling radio stations all the time we're talking about boy bands you know in the first hour and I yeah I would call in the boy uh, not boy bands excuse me I would call in the DJs all the time request music or just ask how do you become a radio DJ what have you I loved the concept of radio and just seeing all Ross done and how positive he always was I saw him on actually he's not on blog talk radio now but he used to be and he does have an amazing podcast by the way called straight talk with ross and he's grown so much as a human and 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 celebrity as well and he has a whole team now he used to like have his own internet talk show back before podcasts were a thing all by himself like i do well i have you know friends that co-host sometimes and stuff but you know what i mean he has a team so check out straight talk with ross i've got to give give that a shout out for sure and hello to all of them because they do an awesome job um, and I know you can find it for sure on iTunes and, or just go to HelloRoss.com. So long story long, <laughs> I started this podcast February 2009. And if you go back, you will see the very first episode I ever hosted was, I think, 30 minutes. And it was all about grief recovery. I talk about my losses. I talk about I give my lessons to others like I'm the teacher on the on the episode. <laughs> I'm like, that's so crazy looking back that my very first segment of my own podcast was called I titled it grief recovery wow but I mean you see now the cause effect and so I I thank Ross so much I really do I, I don't even want to think about if I would have kept going through a darker time if I hadn't found that best or that positivity and I really just thought it would just be a simple little podcast I had no idea how many awesome people I would meet had no idea I would like get the confidence enough to ask for a media pass interview celebrities when Super Bowl is here in Dallas. I had no idea I could do all I can and more. And, and Ross would, all, you know, just, just, just his pep talks in general to everybody, just remind you that you are worthy and that you can be positive and you can make good things out of your life. And, and so for, for a while, I never thought I would do this either. And I, you know, TMZ Live one day reached out to me, and I, I never thought I'd go on one of those shows. And they reached out just saying, hey, you know, we tweeted about one of the topics we covered. Do you want to go on TMZ Live as a fan and, and, you know, give your input? And I was like, sure. I don't know why I just decided to go for it. And I'm so glad that I learned from Ross Matthews. I call it celebrity positivity. I was, I'm proud to say I ended up doing that several times by phone and by video on TV. I was on there several times, TMC Live, talking about different celebrities, different stories. And thank goodness I learned from Ross and 
and I, I have no regrets because every time if you go back and see, I never spoke negatively of anyone. I was always nice, always positive. And that can be difficult, especially in that industry and gossip and all that sadly happens. And, oh, my gosh. So I'm I'm just so great, grateful for him and what he's taught me and, and for him encouraging me, you know. And so I shared the story with him and he ended up calling in to my podcast several times over the years. And so it meant a whole lot to me just to see him for a moment and give him a hug last night and call it a thank you hug, you know. So, yeah, I just adore him. All right. So I'm going to play another song and then I'll finally get to that Lady Gaga story. I don't want to read word for word, but I'll just paraphrase to give you all an idea of why it's my favorite celebrity story in his book. I might share one or two more little tidbits from this book, but I don't want to read it. So I can't tell you too much because you've got to read it for yourself or listen to the audio. And I have some people that don't like to read the audio version. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I love to read. So, oh, and there's recipes too, if you're interested. So kind of like a little cookbook too, sort of, which is really cool. All right. In the meantime, let's find another song for y'all. Give me just a moment here. How about... This song is by Noelle Bean. Her artist name is Bean, but I call her, well, I call her Bean. Well, most people call her Bean if you know her as a musician, but again, her full name is Noelle Bean. Her artist name is Bean, and you can find her music videos and other songs and more on YouTube. And in the meantime, I'm going to play, oh, I love all her songs. I love this album. You know what? I think this is a great one, especially after doing that first hour interview with Boy Band and this I can imagine like a girl singing it to the to the guy she has a crush on, whether it's the boy band guy or someone else. But I think this is just such a cute song. It's called "Baby's Got a Hold on Me." Enjoy by Bean.
Oh, that's so cute. I love that song. I hope you're doing well, Bean, if you're listening. And again, that was Baby Got Baby's Got a Hold on Me. Baby's Got a Hold on Me, that is by Bean. All right. So, Lady Gaga. That's right. We were going to talk about that. So, I just posted on Twitter. I don't know if anyone will call in because it's kind of a last minute notice, but once in a while, I'll do an impromptu where I do a, a topic and ask, you know, if, hey, if you, you relate to this topic, call in. So, I just posted if you've been to one of his tour shows recently or you or just read the book itself, you know, name drop book by Ross Matthews, call in, say hi. I'd love to hear about your own experiences and thoughts on the book and, and your experiences of the, the tour show. So I'm going to share a little bit about um, his Lady Gaga story. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it because I don't want to ruin, you know, your experience of reading the book itself is so good, but it's definitely my favorite story in the book for so many reasons. Uh, but I'll just kind of paraphrase it here. Um, Mm, so good. This this one, I, I mean, they're all good and they're all interesting or funny, but this one to me was the biggest life lesson learned of the whole book. Okay, so to paraphrase it, he basically let's see how do I paraphrase it without going into too much detail. Okay, you know he's done a lot of red carpet interviews, so he has one of those award shows doing a red carpet interview, and you know he's waiting to see her excited, hoping, you know, she'll arrive soon and mentions that, you know, while he's shown on TV and certain someone sees him say that on TV. That's right. Lady Gaga talking about how he's excited to see her and stuff. And can you imagine your Lady Gaga? How could, how could you be nervous? Like you think these celebrities are just like on a pedestal and you think Lady Gaga is just perfection, which she'd be. She's amazing. Even my birth father, my biological father, may he rest in peace. He only listened to country music and the Christian music. And he was a fan of Lady Gaga. He was like, Shaw, I have to admit, she's brilliant. I mean, just from a marketing strategy alone, she's brilliant. Shaw was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I like Lady Gaga. I was like, you, the, my birth dad, the country guy, <laughs> good old country boy wearing the cowboy boots and all. Isn't that so cool? So cool. So even my birth father, who was a fan of hers and thought that was too cool. So yeah, so like she's just amazing, brilliant, brilliant woman, brilliant artist. But she admitted to Ross later on they see each other at a certain something or he doesn't know that he's about to see her and then get surprised and try to be generic but also say the message of the story. So she admits that she's nervous and then she tells him that something he said did actually helped her and like he had no idea like he had no idea that she would ever hear what he said he had no idea that it would be a positive effect on her and just amazing so cool so cool right and it's just such a beautiful life lesson that no matter like you know where you are, what you're saying, what you're doing, you never know who might be listening. I'm sitting here like, oh, I'm on the internet talking worldwide listeners, right? But no, <laughs> just kidding. Like, but you never, but on serious note, you really never know. You never know. I mean, what a beautiful life lesson is that? And, and, and not just anyone, I mean, well, anyone, but, but I mean, that goes to show you, even a celebrity like Lady Gaga, who was nervous about going to this award show herself, even though I think she more than deserved to be there, but because she was mostly known for singing and not as well known for acting, even though I think she's done a phenomenal job as an actress, just as much as singing. She was nervous to, 
to be in the same room with all these famous actors, especially at award show and all this, and and like you know not as confident. And then to hear something that Ross said, get her out there, you know, get her confidence back up and reassure her that you know, okay, I can do this, and uh, yeah, I'll I just that just amazed me, just amazed me, like you know, how cool is that? So that goes to show you, you never know. Who might need to hear something positive? So what you say do can make a difference, even to possibly a celebrity. <laughs> How cool is that? So cool. All right, so we've got 20 minutes to go. I'm gonna play another song. I'll be right back. Uh, let me find another song for y'all. Different artists. I'm trying to play different artists tonight for y'all that've been on my show. Uh, so played Brandon Hilton earlier, Glamour Zombie. Then I just played. Baby's Got a Hold on Me by Bean. You can find Brandon Hilton on Facebook. Or, uh, Noel Bean, also known as art, artist named Bean on YouTube. About to play another song, one of my favorite songs of all time by Brandon Seam. Another Brandon, but this his last name is Seam, S-E-A-M. Uh, I'm sorry, Brandon Flippin. His song title is Seam. Sorry about that. Um, and then when I come back, I'm going to tell you a bit more in detail about Ross's show last night. I love how he changes it up. I'd seen them before, so I wasn't sure if it would be the same or different, but that's what's really kind of neat, too, is he he always changes it up, and, well, I'll explore this song, <laughs> but it was so much fun. I could still hear everyone laughing. I just love that, especially this one guy that just, his laugh was just so cute and adorable. Oh, my gosh. It was just, oh, it was wonderful. All right, so here is Seam by Brandon Flippin. This is one of, y'all have heard me play before. I always say, if I ever having a bad day or feel like my face is being challenged or what have you, I go to the song and it, it just soothes me every time. It's just so beautiful. All right. So, and you can find him be flipping music on Twitter. And again, if you, if you, you know, can't remember or want to ask, uh, just follow me on Twitter, coffee talk, WC always ask, you know, how do I find this person you've interviewed or this music you played, what have you feel free to ask and always feel free to send me topic suggestions and guest interview requests, which reminds me, I mentioned a little bit that I just set up a Patreon account recently. So if you feel it in your heart, you want to donate a dollar a month or, or do a time contribution or, you know, there's different level tier levels starting at a dollar or more and different perks. Go to patreon.com forward slash coffee talk WC. I kept it that way. Keep it simple because that's also my Twitter name and my Instagram name, Coffee Talk ABC. All right. So I hope you enjoy this song as much as I do, if not more. I don't think it would be possible to enjoy it more than I do because it's one of my all-time favorites. But here we go. <laughs> Theme by Brandon Flippin. And then I'll be right back and tell you about Ross's show some more. Thank you. 
Oh my goodness, that that song every time just soothes me. Isn't that just a beautiful song? Y'all see what I mean about, like, I feel my faith challenge or whatever. I call that my go-to song. <laughs> All right, so again, that is Seen by Brandon Flippin. Again, you can find him on Twitter, B Flippin Music. Uh, earlier, I played music by Bean, also known as Noel Bean, and also Brandon Hilton. So again, Noel Bean, or Arsene name Bean, you can find her music on YouTube, uh, Brandon Hilton probably easiest to find him most quickly on Facebook, and then Brandon Flippin again on Twitter, B Flippin Music. But again, if you um, can't remember, want to ask, always just feel free to tweet me at twitter.com forward slash coffee talk WC. Yeah, so coffee talk WC is my my Twitter name. Okay, so let's talk a bit more. I uh, wanted to share a bit more about the format of the show last night. Okay, well, a couple of things. Let's see. Uh, first, it was in Dallas. And it was at a venue I'd never been to before. It's a rather old venue called Texas Theater. And I know it's a rather old venue, not just because you could tell that they play old movies there all the time, but because they probably play Breakfast at Tiffany's movie there, actually, uh, which began that song earlier in the movie. I think they're actually playing it soon, too, now I think about it. Anyway, that's kind of ironic. 
this part was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of weird to me. But interesting tidbit about the venue is that is where Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested. You know, like I shot JFK, the president. Mm-hmm. So I was like really nervous. I get, I don't normally get too superstitious, but when it came to that, I was like, I'd heard some stories that some people had sat in a chair and had really bad luck, really horrible things happen after. So I was like getting a little superstitious and I was really getting worried, like definitely don't want to sit in that chair, but I really don't want anyone to sit in that chair because I don't want anyone to have bad luck or anything bad happen to them. But thankfully they actually had just maybe the, like it was almost a full odd term, maybe the last two or three rows they had roped off. And so it turns out, I think it was a third row from the back and then when we asked which chair it was, because my husband just had to take a picture with this chair, and I was like, don't you dare sit in that chair. He's like, no, but I want to take a picture. I was like, oh, no. So I took the picture for him, but it still freaked me out. And <laughs> so we asked the employee, where's the chair? Because they didn't have it marked. I I thought it was going to be marked. And she goes, oh, it's the second chair from the end. And then she goes, well, actually, he sat in two chairs. She said, that one that we took the picture with. And then she goes, and that one, that's uh, it was like three more chairs down. She said, in the fifth chair from the end as well so I was like oh okay okay it's time to go luckily we <laughs> we did the picture and all that at the end of the night because of course the whole time I'm thinking in my mind oh, please tell me I'm not sitting in that chair please tell me because I didn't know which chair it was I should have thought to ask the employees before the show began but anyway and by the way those employees were so nice at the venue so nice and the audience is, as you can tell I just adored and had so much fun with and just loved hearing all of their laughters I could still hear all the different sounds and giggles and oh my goodness so Ross is really good you know I talk a lot about my favorite band Michael Franti's Spearhead and how they're really good about being interactive at their concerts he, he actually was a trendsetter before musicians started becoming more interactive like they are nowadays with concerts all. I, I think Ross is like equivalent as a stamp comedian slash author you know definitely uh, comedian and celebrity status he's definitely interactive with fans and I love that about him and so his show was really cool he, he intertwined like uh, first part of it he, he did stand up personal life stuff which I loved and, you know, he's usually really open and, and kind, and I just love that about him, and uh, willing to share, you know, details of his life. Not too much, you know, not too personal, of course, you know, everyone deserves some privacy, but, you know, he's he's just so kind and gracious, and I love that he's, I mean, honestly, after all this time, I mean, I can remember him from day one, day one when he's starting out to now, and it's just amazing how such a different magnitude, such a higher magnitude scale he's he's on now, you know, of, of being known and, and all the work he's done and oh he's just he's really earned it too and I'm so happy for him. And I know he he would call himself probably like a I think the term is quasi celebrity where he's like, I love my status where I'm not like super famous but I'm famous just the right amount so I can still at least get out and do things like go to Starbucks but they'll know who I am but you know that kind of stuff is so funny. <laughs> Anyway, so um, I can't remember the whole order, but I'll just kind of remember the segments of the show he did. Um, that was my personal favorite was him just doing his damn talk about himself, actually. Uh, but I love the book, too, of course. And then he went into um, talking about, you know, the, the celebrity stories. And in between, he did a Q&A session, at, which was kind of funny because the majority of the questions ended up being from fans of his podcast, you know, Straight Talk with Ross. And I 
thought it would be a lot more like RuPaul Drag Race questions because he's like a you know a continuous judge on there, or um, I don't know. I was really surprised. <laughs> I mean, I listen to the podcast too, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I was just thought it was so funny, you know, because he was asked so many questions of of people that listen to podcasts. Well, some of the people there didn't know what was going on because they don't listen to the podcast. So he's like, okay, I need a question that's not about in reference to the podcast because the inside joke some of the audience members weren't getting you know and um and then some were just silly questions like this one guy was like are you boxers or briefs <laughs> that was silly and then uh, another fun segment he did a game show where he chose two people from the audience to be contestants this, <laughs> this lady and guy oh the poor guy i think he got stage fright doing the game was, oh he was so funny this young guy from oklahoma he, i think he stayed from oklahoma city drove three hours there oh he was so funny so funny and he, he just had a baby face he just looked like so young so i think he said he was like maybe 25 but he looked like 16 <laughs> and ross is very quick and witty and you know it's like you know if you're going up stage he's gonna roast you all in fun but he's gonna roast you and it i mean it was just too funny because this poor guy bless his heart he just you know he they would do this thing where it's like you had 20 seconds to name as many actors or or models or you know musicians whatever the topic was you know name as many movies as you can in 20 seconds and then the clock goes down and you could just tell he was so nervous and this poor guy (laughs) this poor young guy oh my gosh he was so funny and my favorite was when ross said name 20 um name 20 uh, or i'm sorry name as many celebrities as you can in 20 seconds when their names start with r and the guy named a few, and then at the end, maybe two or three, and then, and then at the end, Ross looked at him like, hello, my name's Ross Matthews. You could have said Ross Matthews. And the guy and the guy was so embarrassed, he fell over on the stage like, oh, like laughing and embarrassment. And it was just so funny. It was one of the best moments of the fan interactions. I loved it. That guy was hilarious. So, so funny. And um, and then the lady, the young lady, oh, my gosh, she was, like, totally opposite. She was amazing. Like, she was just nailing it. She was just naming as many as she could in, in one big time. But the funniest thing was almost everything she said were in reference to older movies and older actors. And she didn't look that old. <laughs> it's like, it was like, what the heck? It was so funny. So funny. But anyway, um, yeah, so I was going to leave, and I still feel a little bad about this, but i got to be honest. So I was going to leave right after the show, and my husband insisted not to because he knew how badly I wanted to see Ross. And I was was really mad at myself because we'd missed this opportunity for a meet and greet earlier. I won't go into detail, but long story short, I had a big-time missed opportunity of the meet and greet before the show. Didn't realize it until too late, and I was really mad at myself and just felt terrible and, and just almost crying like so upset kind of thing because I thought oh you know it's like only second time that I even know that Ross has even been here where I had the chance to go to a show and stuff but then at the same time you know I was extremely happy and grateful I even got to go to the show you know what I mean so but my husband insisted that we stay after the show because he wanted me to try to see Ross and I was like I don't know you know because if he already did that meet and greet stuff before he's probably tired probably ready to go home 
Dawes really, really has done. He was like, we'll try to message on Twitter or whatever and just see, you know, and I sent a message and I felt really weird about it. So I just kind of wrote nonchalantly like, you know, hey, we're still here if you got time to say hi on your way out. But I just, I felt really weird about it. And so my husband kind of tricked me and kept stalling time because I was like, I don't know. I was like, well, maybe we should just go, you know. And then he was like, well, he's like, well, I need to go to the restroom and stuff, Shell. So I was like, okay. So he just kept stalling, and I was like waiting for him to come out of the restroom. And then all of a sudden, I hear my I hear my husband's name's Dave. He goes, um, Dave goes, um, hey, Shell, come here. And I was like, okay. And then so I walked over to him, and he opened this door, and I, I didn't know what was going on. And I walked in, and there was Ross just standing there after the show. I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> so I, it was kind of awkward, and I felt really bad because I was like, I – I, I know y'all are probably, you know, and CJ's best friend was there too, you know, and, and they, you know, he'd already changed clothes and everything. So I was like, uh, I was like, y'all are probably tired and ready to go. And oh, he was just signing so kind and gracious. And I was feeling really bad. And like, I don't know, you know, maybe we should just go home. And then Ross like gave me a hug and good to see you. And so kind. And then and I was like, well, I'm just happy I got to see you for a moment, even just to give you a hug. And then he was like, well, do you have your phone camera on you? You want to take a selfie? And I was like, heck yeah. And then we shouldn't have used the flash because it looks like both of us have our eyes squinting, but Ross always looks amazing, but I think I look terrible. And I'm going to admit something to y'all. I was going to filter the heck out of that picture, but because it's Ross Matthews, he would not want me to do that because he's taught me self-love. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to post that picture just as I am. And I know that I'm a loving work in progress because I am, you know, I'm always trying to better myself and sometimes we have setbacks and sometimes we have better days but I've you know been overall doing better feeling better and and getting stronger and and you know I've got a lot more weight to lose but that's okay because I love myself and and I'm proud of myself for even though it was a horrible picture and I, I think Ross looks great and I think I look terrible I don't care and others may or may not say I look terrible in that picture I don't care <laughs> this me a picture of me with Ross who means a lot to me so I'm, so I did go home really happy, and my husband's like, Shell, I just couldn't stand the thought of you not having the opportunity, and, and us, you know, I would have never heard the end of it. You would have been like, oh, I wonder when Ross is coming back. Like, is it going to be another few years or what? <laughs> you know, that kind of thought, you know. I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, he's like, sometimes you just have to see the opportunity, Shell. But I still felt a little weird about it because, I mean, these celebrities, well, anyone, you know, is grinding, they're working hard, and and they're tired, and you don't want to take too much of their time and respect it, and so I felt a little weird, but I'm glad that it worked out, you know, oh, yeah, so I, I really tried not to talk too long, and, 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 and honestly, I was really happy to give them a hug, and, and that was a bonus to get the picture with them, of course, you know, because I have a picture from the past, but one other picture from the other, one other time I've got to see them in person, and um, yeah, so I'm really happy about all that, but um, yeah, so I gave him uh, well, initially, I actually gave it to CJ to gift Ross because I did not think I would get to see Ross. Um, so I got to meet CJ, who's so kind. I love CJ, his best friend, and got to talk to CJ how I love his karaoke videos. And, and then I was embarrassed because I didn't realize what was going on at the time. So right after the show ended, I just happened to see CJ out. And I was like, oh, CJ, oh, can I give you a hug? And he was so kind. And, and I was like, oh, I got a challenge for you, thinking, you know, he was just out there hanging out. And he's like, what's that? And I was like, well, 
I love your karaoke videos, and I noticed you, you know the dance moves, and you you carry to that Robin song. Well, I know the dance moves too. You know that song "Dancing on My Own" by Robin. He was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, why don't you sing it? And then we and I can do the dance moves too. And then all of a sudden, I realized there were all these people behind me standing in line. All of a sudden, because CJ wanted to sell the merchandise. <laughs> And CJ never said a word about it. He wasn't like, you got to go. And like, he was so nice. And I felt so bad. And I looked around. I was so embarrassed. And I was like, I'm sorry, CJ. He's like, no, no. He's like, I love that you you know that about me and stuff. And thank you so much. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was so kind. Oh, my gosh. But I'm so happy that they both are home now and get to enjoy some downtime. And definitely been, like I told them, praying for y'all with everything going on and the coronavirus and just, just stuff you know when you're traveling you've got to take so much care of yourself rest well eat well and not get sick and you know when you're on tour Ross, the only thing Ross said he's got um he called it what's it called road rot because you know like when you talk so much you kind of like hurts your throat your voice so and it's funny because he normally he normally has such a high-pitched voice and he was talks he's you know a little deeper with the road rot so it's kind of funny but anyway just thank you so much Ross I love you Thank you. I may try to do a separate segment just to, you know, give more people, other Ross fans, a chance to call in and share their love and and, uh, put a segment together to send to him if I get a chance, maybe in the next day or two. But huge thanks to to Ross again, of course, Ross Matthews and NCJ2. And and again, a huge thanks to Jackie, Jacqueline Smith, Jackie, Jacqueline E. Smith, that is her full name. And uh, I call her Jackie. And check out Boy Band, book she's the author of, the creator of, and as well as Jalitza Delgado, who is the movie director slash leading actress in the movie. I'm so excited for, for them. And, oh, my gosh, how inspiring is that? That they're so young and, and have accomplished so much and just know what they want. I love that. But then I like how, Jack, you remind me you're never too old to change passions and careers, too. I'm 45 here, and I still want to get back to stamp comedy and really go for it. Whew, I feel so inspired by talking to all these people this weekend. I love it. All right, and thank each of you. Can never thank each of you enough for this journey. So hope you'll keep tuning in to Coffee Talk with Shell, where there's always Friday in life. Please reach out during the week at Coffee Talk WC. Say hi. Again, if you want to contribute, if not, no worries. I appreciate just listening, but if you want to reach out or help out and support the podcast, the arts, patreon.com forward slash coffee talk WC. Check it out. Thank you so much. Wishing each and every one of you a safe and wonderful week ahead. Love and peace. This is Shell signing off for now.